Well, that didn't take long. The Tigers already are favored over the Buckeyes, plus a bevy of awards heading this great team's way and my love-hate relationship with the Southeastern Conference. All this and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And thanks for making this show your first listen every day. And for your second listen, why not check out Locked On Sports Today, the first ever 24-7 streaming channel national sports over on YouTube. Again, that's Locked On Sports today. But today I want to start off by talking about Missouri and Ohio State, of course, the Cotton Bowl. And on my previous program a couple couple days ago, apologies for missing yesterday's program, but I'll make it up to you this week with the Missouri-Kansas basketball game coming for you here on Saturday. But as I mentioned on Monday's program, I really felt like even though it was three and a half Missouri underdogs in the Cotton Bowl at at the start of the program. By the middle of the program, it was down to two and a half. I was telling all of you, hey, I still think this represents some value here with all of the opt-outs coming for Ohio State, their starting quarterback, McCord, entering the transfer portal, just a whole bunch of different news happening there. And to me, just the lack of opt-outs for Missouri just seems obvious that Missouri is going to have more motivation in this game. So if you got that at two and a half or three and a half, or even some of you lucky Tiger fans who may have got it at six and a half over at FanDuel Sportsbook when the line officially opened, good for you. You were smart to jump on that. And I like to be a little bit ahead of the curve on this show. So hopefully I got a little bit, got you a little bit of value on Monday's program. But of course, just because I like the spot for Missouri, The Tigers now are favorites, again, over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Well, that doesn't mean that the Tigers are guaranteed to win, does it? Because even though the Ohio State guys... Who are, who are sticking around, well, a lot of them are high, high-valued high players, high-star high guys out of high school. Perhaps they're chomping at the bit to play and a little bit sick of hearing about how with all these opt-outs, well, the, the Buckeyes have no chance. Perhaps that's what they're telling themselves in their locker room. Again, I haven't heard any Missouri fans say, or certainly nobody in the Missouri locker room is going to say that the Buckeyes have no chance. Now, Ohio State is going to be a formidable opponent My take is mostly about, hey, if Missouri is going to be pretty much close to full strength outside of maybe Tyron Hopper, certainly Chad Bailey, and maybe Ennis Rakestraw as well, who's an important part of the chemistry without a doubt, but I just think that you got to give Missouri a lot of respect and credit. If Ohio State is going to have that many opt-outs, including quarterback, including Marvin Harrison Jr., including another prominent receiver whose name escapes me at the moment, to me, you just have to give Missouri more respect. And I think what's happening over at FanDuel says that Missouri has earned that respect at this point in the season. And speaking of respect, well, let's run down some of the many, many awards a lot of the Missouri Tigers have received 
already this offseason. Of course, you probably heard Eli Drinkwitz, your Associated Press SEC Coach of the Year. And as I said before, who else could you have really picked? Objectively speaking, this award is almost always given out, not just in college football, but to in all sports, to whoever surpasses expectations the most and if you just looked at the season total the over under if you had the over six and a half good for you and I encourage that in the offseason by the way as somebody who predicted the Tigers to go eight and four in the offseason well obviously Missouri race past even my what I felt like were pretty optimistic predictions all the way back in August but of course the Tigers were able to do that on the backs of a bunch of first-team All-SEC players. Again, this is from the Associated Press, including Luther Burden, Javon Foster, Cody Schrader, Darius Robinson, and Chris Abrams-Drain. Cody Schrader, by the way, a unanimous first-team All-SEC selection by the AP. So quite an honor there for Cody Schrader. Also, Cameron Johnson, the Missouri right guard, and of course, place kicker Harrison Mevis made a second team All-SEC as well. And speaking of Cody Schrader, he also won the Bullsworth Trophy given to the nation's best former walk-on player. And of course, Cody Schrader couldn't help but make a little bit of a joke at Arkansas saying, hey, thanks for letting me back into the state. Of course, the Bullsworth Trophy given to the former Bespec. Arkansas Razorback Brandon Bullsworth, the eponymous person on that trophy. And All-American selections are starting to trickle in as well. CBS Sports just named Cody Schrader a first-team All-American running back. On their second team, Luther Burden, Chris Abrams-Drain, and Javon Foster as well. Over at The Athletic, they have Schrader and Burden as second-team All-Americans. So, Really great to see how, obviously, we've known for a while now what an ex- excellent story Cody Schrader is, and just to see how he's gone so far above and beyond, I think, my expectations, certainly. I think just about every Missouri ex- Missouri fan's expectations, other than maybe him and his best friends and his family, that kind of thing, but just, a, you know, the millionth tip of the hat to Cody Schrader, literally and figuratively, the guy deserves all of the praise that he can possibly get at this point. And obviously, Luther Burden, Javon Foster, Chris Abrams-Drain, just part of a fabulous Missouri football team that that we're never going to forget. And also, Eli Drinkwitz named one of 12 head coaches as finalists for the Eddie Robinson Award, which goes to the National Coach of the Year. Ironically, another one of those 12 men Barry Odom, ironically, of course, because, well, Eli Drinkwitz replaced Barry Odom at Missouri, although Barry Odom certainly a very deserving finalist, in my opinion, had a heck of a season with the running Rebels of UNLV, not exactly an easy place to coach. I did not expect Odom Franklin to be able to turn it around that quickly in year one before UNLV. So tip of the cap to tip of the cap, excuse me, to Barry Odom as well, who deserves a lot of praise for the job he's done there. And, and honestly, it seemed like Arkansas really missed him as defensive coordinator this past season as well. Now the good news is, while some Missouri fans still might have some mixed feelings 
about Barry Odom. I, for one, don't have any hard feelings at this point whatsoever. But I think at least all of us should be able to come together, sing Kumbaya, and root for Barry Odom and UNLV as they take on Kansas in the guaranteed rate bowl this holiday season. Yes, in the spirit of Christmas, let's come together and all root for Barry Odom to Mall, Kansas, shall we? That sounds like a lot of fun to me. But speaking of mixed feelings, you know what? I got to be honest, even in 12 years into the SEC experience, about about a dozen years, I guess, into the SEC experience here as a Missouri fan, I still have some love-hate feelings toward the conference. And I want to explain exactly what I mean coming up here in just a minute. But first, I know we come to talk about sports to escape from some of the crazy realities in this world, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of one of the worst flu seasons in over a decade. That's a scary thought. And I can't imagine having a more helpless feeling than if Melissa or one of my kids got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication they needed. Well, thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff can happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to get your $20 off your order. By the way, some more good news for Mizzou football as linebacker Chuck Hicks, who played quite a bit down the stretch in place of Chad Bailey and Tyron Hopper. We'll be back for his seventh year of college football, or as I like to call it, his Tommy Boy year. Those of you who who know that movie well know will know exactly what that reference is. But in all seriousness, good, good, really good news for Mizzou football as the linebacker room getting a little bit thin with transfers and probable graduation. Certainly, Chad Bailey is done. Seems like Tyron Hopper is going to be moving on as well, although that has not been finalized, so we shall see. Just good news to have Chuck Hicks back, just in terms of linebacker depth at the very least, and experience without a doubt. But let's move on to my discussion here. Why I have a love-hate relationship with the SEC, and really it's mostly love, I gotta be honest with you, because I really hope genuinely that Ole Miss, for instance, beats Penn State down in their bowl game. I know Missouri fans and Penn State, or excuse me, Ole Miss fans had a whole thing on Twitter, and Stephen Willis and I even capitalized on your all's hate for each other by doing a crossover podcast on the topic of which team deserves to be in the New Year's Six the most. Well, fortunately, 
After hiding under a bunch of coats and hoping everything worked out, it all did. It all worked out for Missouri and Ole Miss. So really, I, I truly hope that Ole Miss kicks the crap out of the Penn State Nittany Lions because if it comes down to the SEC versus the Big Ten, well, there's no question who I'm rooting for in that relationship because guess what? The Big Ten rejected Missouri and the SEC they took us in. They took us in out of a little bit of the cold, to be honest with you, because while the Big 12 is in relatively okay shape right now as one of the Power 5, one of the remaining Power 4 teams, I should say, with the Pac-12 for dissolving for all intents and purposes, well, it's still a lot better to be in the SEC than in a makeshift Big 12 at this point that has very little resemblance to the old Big 8 conference at this point. And again, for the Missouri fans who still seem to, a, a small minority of Missouri fans who seem to be very loud about saying, boy, I just wish we were in the Big 10, we'd be a better fit or whatever. Obviously, after a 10-2 and two season, the calls for that get a lot quieter, but at the same time, I'll never quite understand these people. It's almost like, hey, you're married to somebody. You're married to a beautiful woman who is everything you could dream of. You've got a great family and all this stuff. Life is good, but for some reason, you're pining away for the one that got away from high school. That the, the analogy here is they're the Big Ten, is the one that got away. Well, who gives a crap about the one who got away who rejected you? That's my whole point there. So as far as that goes, Missouri got the best landing spot it, pass, it possibly could have. There's no hate as far as that goes. But having said all of that, I also remember what it was like to not be in the Southeastern Conference. I remember what it was like in 2007 when Missouri was the upstart team that was taking the nation by storm with a spread offense while everybody else in the SEC, for instance, Alabama and LSU, were still in the I formation and handing it off 45 times a game like it was still 1987. And yet, everybody in the SEC thought, nope, this is the way to play football. This is, this is how you play pro football. This is the smart way to do it. This is how real men play football, dag nabbit. And SEC, well, that's the real conference. We have the best recruits. We have the best coaching, yada, yada, yada. Well, the truth is, after all this time, while I didn't want to hear a lot of that, the reality is actually the SEC does have the best recruits. And because of the money that's swishing around compared to other conferences, they do have better coaching, especially at the assistant levels. You can poach guys from basically anywhere now with the SEC and, frankly, Big Ten money as well. But I, I still totally understand why the arrogance of this conference could get on the nerves of people who aren't in it, especially if you're a Florida State fan right now. How irritating would it be for you to get passed over by what is – Obviously, a really good Alabama team that won the SEC, no doubt about it. It's hard to imagine a scenario where the SEC champion wouldn't deserve to be in the top four. But the way it played out, you can certainly argue that Florida State didn't deserve to be out as well. But, you know, you can just see why the arrogance of this conference could could irritate you if you're not in it. And as somebody who remembers 
quite well what it was like to be an elite Big 12 team and feel like you were a little bit dismissed by teams in the Southeastern Conference. And especially when, by the way, when Missouri was coming into the Cotton Bowl in 2008, of January 1st, 2008, against Arkansas, all we heard about was, well, they haven't seen this SEC speed yet. And if you don't think that went up the play, the tuchus of Missouri players and coaches and fans sideways, you're crazy. It absolutely irritated every single one of us and provided some motivation, without a doubt. So... That's what I mean by a love-hate relationship with the SEC. I love being in the SEC, but at the same time, the arrogance of this conference and to, especially in a way where this conference expects to not only have one, if not two teams in the final four every year while they're at the same time pillaging these other conferences, taking the two best teams from the Big 12, you know, it gets a little bit old at a certain point. I can see the point of teams that aren't inside the bubble is all I'm trying to say. And, you know, I just to shift gears here for a second, Missouri obviously playing Kansas on Saturday in Lawrence. Once again, Kansas looks like an incredibly formidable opponent to say the least. But you know what? Once again, Kansas may have one of the most hateable players in the country once again. Maybe not since the Morris twins, though, have we seen a piece of work like Hunter Dickinson. And I'm going to really emphasize the first syllable of his last name. Man, what an absolute dirty, dirty player this guy appears to be. Just based on what you can see over on the X app, basically, you just see some the occasional highlights of Hunter Dickinson. And mostly it's him grabbing somebody around the neck and shoulders and throwing them to the ground. That appears to be his signature maneuver, along with obviously being an excellent basketball player as well. But, hey, Hunter Dickinson, I can't wait to watch you immediately rocket up the ranks of least likable Missouri-Kansas opponents in a long time. Look forward to that, Mizzou fans. And speaking of things to look forward to, you know, I was thinking maybe someday soon Brady Cook will be the greatest quarterback from Missouri of all time, the greatest Mizzou quarterback from Missouri of all time. Heck, he might even already be there. So let's talk about that a little bit. But first, I want to tell you about a fan duel. And as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on fan duel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning a $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, well, now is the time to get in on the action. The app is incredibly easy to use with everything from spreads to props to over-unders and more. You got to visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season in style. And you know what? I've mentioned Ole Miss and Penn State. A little surprised to see Penn State a four and a half point favorite in that ball game. Gonna have to check the Ole Miss situation as far as opt outs go in that game, that's for sure. But again, visit fanduel.com slash locked on. Again, that's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
So is Brady Cook the greatest Missouri quarterback of all time from the state of Missouri? Well, I, I, I don't think I'm ready to give him the crown just yet. But if you are a quarterback wins guy, well, Brady Cook certainly has had the best season ever, as far as I can tell, for a guy who started as a, a high school quarterback in the state of Missouri, was actually a, a recruit from the home state. And again, let, let's think about this. Who are the great quarterbacks in Missouri history? Well, Chase Daniels from Texas, Brad Smith is from Ohio, go back to, I don't know, Pitchin' Paul Chrisman. Well, he was born and died in Lake Forest, Illinois. I'm pretty sure he played his high school football in that state as well. You can even go back to the great 1969 Tigers, Terry McMillan, for instance. He's from Florida, Coral Gables, for instance. Matty Mock, Ohio, James Franklin, Texas. More often than not, these Missouri great quarterbacks are from another state. But of course, there are exceptions to that. Notably, I would say these three names. Blaine Gabbert, Drew Locke, and Corby Jones. Those are the three, in my opinion, that Brady Cook has to pass. Now, Corby Jones, of course, Really, even though he's only from the 1990s, you're going to look at his stats compared to Brady Cook and go, well, there's no comparison, right? But I would advise you to put Corby Jones' stats in context. He was an option quarterback from a run-heavy system, and I promise you, for as, as tough as Brady Cook has been in his Missouri career, Corby Jones was every bit as tough, without question. Just go back and watch that 1997 Nebraska game, and you'll just see a heroic young man playing quarterback in Columbia that day in black and gold. And of course, Blaine Gabbert had a heck of a Missouri career as well. The most, the biggest recruit, I would say, out of those guys, along with Drew Locke, Gabbert even a, a bigger name than Drew Locke, coming out of high school, of course, as a five-star recruit out of Baldwin, Missouri, I believe. But, you know, Gabbert, I think, is a guy that because he had such massive expectations coming out of high school, it's almost forgotten how good he was as a Missouri quarterback. Of course, that great 2010 Missouri team that pulled off the upset of number one Oklahoma at home claimed a co portion of the Big 12 North Championship with Nebraska that year, although they did not go to the Big 12 Championship. Also, Drew Locke, of course, when he at one point was the all-time SEC touchdown leader. Of course, you know, the Josh Heupel offense, especially at that point in time, was hyper speed, you know, rolling up the stats against sometimes lower competition and not taking the foot off of the break. So again, just some context here. If you're just going to look at Drew Locke and compare him to Corby Jones, for instance, and just completely miss, dismiss, I should say, what Jones did as a player, I, I just think there needs to be a lot of context added there. And I think anybody who saw Jones at the time as a Missouri fan could tell you what an important player he was for Missouri. But obviously Drew Locke, put up huge numbers for the Tigers, just had some disappointing close losses, especially in 2018, that just put them just slightly below the cusp of what Missouri did this past season in 2023. So overall, I would just say that while Brady Cook, I think, has maybe had the best season of all of those 
those four guys I've just mentioned, including Cook himself so far. I think he needs maybe one more season. I, I expect another really good season from Cook next year, maybe even better next year that I think will vault him ahead of all of those guys, as in my opinion, he's going to go down. He's on a trajectory anyway to be the best Mizzou quarterback from the state of Missouri that there's ever been. And that'll do it for this edition of Locked on Mizzou. And by the way, one more notable Missouri quarterback I didn't bring up. My old neighbor, in fact, Phil Bradley, former Big 8 Player of the Year. Not from the state of Missouri, by the way. Born in Indiana. Played his high school ball in the state of Illinois. So, while a great player, Phil Bradley was in a Major League All-Star, no doubt. Another notable name at quarterback for the Tigers. Not from the state of Missouri. So, you know what? Thanks for joining me. As always, thanks for making this your first listen every day. And coming up, we're going to have a lot more on the Missouri and Kansas matchup. I'm going to tell you how I think Missouri matches up with Kansas. Maybe Missouri's big size, their rim protectors in the middle, Connor Vanover. Perhaps they can bother Hunter Dickinson a little bit, among others. We shall see coming up. I'll see you next time right here on Locked on Mizzou.